0: From the cradle of liberty in Philadelphia, all the way to the rhythm and blues of Beale Street in Memphis, to high atop the Wasatch Mountains in Utah,
1: this is where politically correct perception meets common sense.
0: This is the Joe Kerry
1: Show. Hey, welcome to the Joe Kerry Show here on the Fed by Ravens Media Network. Thank you for uh, tuning in and listening. Um, I don't even want to say the big news of the day. I guess the the news of the day is uh, the impeachment of Donald Trump uh, has begun. And uh, I'm reading this headline and it says, uh, Dems promise devastating new evidence. And I'm thinking to myself, where's where's the other evidence? Like they say new evidence. Where's the old evidence? And we've talked about this before. If they had anything, you would see the soundbite of Trump because they're, they're, they're going after him for insurrection, inciting violence. Where is it? Where's the video? Where's the audio? You know they would play it breathlessly if they had it. Remember when Trump said, you know, he was caught on the, the video about talking, you know, just you got to grab them. And they played that clip All the time, every time. And even just referring to it the way I did, 90% of the audience will be like, yeah, I remember. Why? Because it was drilled into your head. And they repeated it and repeated it and played it and played it. Have you heard any audio of inciting violence? Have you heard any, have you seen any video of uh, insurrection or leading the insurrection? You've seen absolutely nothing because it doesn't exist. They're going after Donald Trump politically, and they are willing to burn down the Constitution, Congress, and the rule of law to do it. And it is sad and it is unfortunate, but that's, those are the times that we live in today. Now, we do have some real breaking news. Former Chief of Staff to Donald Trump, Mark Meadows, has come out and said that Donald Trump repeatedly offered to send up to 10,000 National Guard troops to the Capitol building leading up to January 6th. Each time he brought it up. It was denied. We don't need it. There's not going to be any problems. There's not going to be any trouble. And the sad thing is, had they accepted Donald Trump on his offer, right, that that, that visual of 10,000 troops defending the Capitol, yeah, you probably would have dissuaded the group from walking up there, the few hundred people that, uh, that walked up. Well, Joe, it was a few thousand. How many was it? Because I tell you, I've been trying to find out I, – I can't find out how many people actually marched up to the Capitol building, and I still don't know how many people actually entered the Capitol building. But I'll tell you this. I know it's – whatever number it is, it's not going to be enough to overcome 10,000 National Guard troops that Donald Trump said he would send. But the request was repeatedly denied. So now they talk about new evidence and my. I'm going to submit that the new evidence that any evidence is new because the hearing in the house lasted how long? Forty eight hours was that they held an impeachment hearing, an evidentiary impeachment hearing in 48 hours. And we still haven't seen the evidence. Because I don't think there is any. And this is going to be a massive waste of time and money to do one thing get Donald Trump. Why? Because he delivered on his promises. He promised increased border security. We have it. He promised that he would appoint conservative federal judges. We got it. He got us out of the Paris uh, Climate Agreement. He canceled regulatory overreach. He spoke openly about his love for the United States, but the things that Democrats hate him most for and Republicans, the political elite on the Republican side, he called out hypocrisy. And that's the unforgivable sin when you're in Washington, D.C. So they're afraid of Trump. And they're willing to hold an unconstitutional impeachment proceeding to get him. The Constitution is pretty clear. He's got to be president for you to impeach him. Because if he's not, what, stop, what stops the House from impeaching him next month or the month after that or the month after that? Well, we just learned this about Donald Trump. We've got to go after him. We've got to impeach him. Maybe they're going to impeach Donald Trump five more times. So the Constitution is pretty clear. Look, when he's out of office, he's done. You lose your right to impeach him and try him. But the Democrats are willing to trample on that because they've got to get Trump. And now the Democrats have come out. They filed a 75-page trial memorandum. And listen to this one quote. Listen to this one quote from Democrats elected and sitting in Congress. The House has invited President Trump to voluntarily testify under oath. Yet President Trump immediately rejected that opportunity. The House will establish at trial that this decision to avoid testifying supports a strong adverse inference regarding President Trump's actions. So what are they saying? They're saying that your silence can be used against you. They're saying that by being silent, you're admitting to having something to hide. Now, the Constitution is clear that your silence can't be used against you. And I get it. I get it. That applies to a criminal proceeding where you face jail time. There's no protection in the civil proceeding. If you're, if you're accused of something in, in a, a non-criminal way, could your silence be used against you? Yeah, in theory. But do you think Donald Trump is going to agree to testify under oath after he went through four years of Russiagate? Where the biggest charge, the charge they thought they would nail Donald Trump on was what? Obstruction of justice. And obstruction of justice is whatever a prosecutor and an investigatory agent defines it as. That's obstruction. Donald Trump. If you wanted proof that Donald Trump has lost his marbles, it would be him agreeing to testify under oath in the House of Representatives. Because they would bend every rule, break every procedure, destroy every precedent, and ignore the rule of law to go after Donald Trump. So now what they're saying is, well, you wouldn't come and testify to us. That's how strong their evidence is, by the way. Their evidence is so strong, it's so overwhelming that they need what? They need Donald Trump to come in and testify. Great case you've built there, guys. Fantastic. So incredibly strong that unless Donald Trump shows up and says, yeah, I I incited violence, I incited insurrection. That's what you need. It's so weak that you've got to build your obstruction of justice case. You've got to build your perjury case. You want evidence that this case is, is a stain on the United States. Chief Justice Roberts won't even preside. Won't even go near it. And the case is built on such a, a foundation of sand that unless Donald Trump agrees to testify, they don't even have the case they think they have. But, but we're going to go through this charade, and it'll probably last about a week, maybe even two weeks. And the clock keeps, tipping, keeps ticking, right? I mean, you're at the inauguration of a new president. Joe Biden can't even come out and say whether he thinks it's constitutional or not. He refuses to answer the question is the legal proceeding taking place, not the legal, is the political proceeding taking place in the Senate constitutional? Joe Biden refuses to answer the question. Hey, you're listening to The Joe Kerry Show here on the Fed by Ravens media network. Uh, When we come back, artificial intelligence can predict within 90% accuracy whether or not you will die from COVID. What are the ethical implications of that? We'll have that story next right after this break.
2: involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance.
3: Stock market have you nervous with all the massive fluctuations? With the hope for a COVID vaccine on the rise, shifting political landscape, and the election at an end, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Text money to four one one four one one to find out how our technology can forecast market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Text money to four one one four one one to get what you need to stay. Stay ahead of market trends and find explosive moves before they happen. Vantage Point's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. Stop guessing. Start predicting trends 72 hours in advance. Text MONEY to 411411 and experience Vantage Point for free. Text MONEY to 411411 so you can protect and grow your capital now. Don't wait. Text MONEY to 411411.
2: Go to VantagePointSoftware.com for terms, conditions, and privacy policy.
6: If you haven't switched to Pure Talk USA, you're probably paying too much for your cell service. Pure Talk covers 99% of the country and plans start at just $20 per line with no contract and a one-month risk-free guarantee. You've got nothing to lose. You can even keep your phone and your number. Get 50% off your first month when you call now. Just go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code off. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code off.
1: Hey, uh, welcome back to The Joe Carey Show. Uh, Two things uh, in the area of the uh, coronavirus. One is uh, artificial intelligence, uh, they're now saying, can determine with 90% accuracy whether or not you'll die from the COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, The other news that's breaking now, this is from the Daily Mail, the headline, at least 36 people have developed blood disorder and a doctor dies after receiving Pfizer uh, COVID vaccines as experts probe potential link between the shots and the rare condition. And let's start with the second story. I I just want to start and just say this is why free speech is so needed and necessary because it allows people to weigh all their options, and it allows people to look at things and say, yeah, you know, this is something I want for me and my family or it's something I, I really don't want. But when we limit debate, when we say you can't even have the debate, then people truly are operating in ignorance. Uh, This article, a computer can determine whether you'll die from COVID-19 with 90% accuracy by analyzing your disease history and health data. Artificial intelligence is everywhere, and now a group of developers have created AI software that can tell whether you are likely to die from COVID using your prior medical history. University of Copenhagen researchers fed a computer program health data from 3,944 Danish COVID-19 patients. It also listed their symptoms and condition. They then trained the AI to look for patterns in a patient's prior illness to determine the risk factors and potential outcome from COVID-19. It found that body mass index, meaning weight, fat, age, and being male were the, highest, were the highest risk factors when it came to the likelihood of dying. So your body mass index, your age, and being male were the highest risk factors when it came to the likelihood of dying. The results show that artificial intelligence can, with up to 90% certainty, determine whether an uninfected person will die of the disease if they are unlucky enough to catch it. So, I mean, it sounds like old, fat guys. Old, fat guys are the ones who, according to this AI study have the highest risk of dying if they catch COVID. Results from the new tool could help health officials determine who should be at the front of the line for a limited supply of vaccines. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine this? Can you imagine the outcry if you say men have to get the vaccine before women? Oh, my gosh. They'd burn down the Capitol, the White House, the Smithsonian and the CDC just for good measure in order of priority. These are body mass index. So, so body mass index, having a a large body mass index is more dangerous for you than your age when it comes to COVID. But in the order of priority, according to the artificial intelligence, body mass index, age, high blood pressure, being male, neurological diseases, COPD, asthma, diabetes, and heart disease. The likelihood of dying or ending up on a respirator is heightened if you are male, have high blood pressure, or a neurological disease, said said the study's author. So my question is... Right. I guess this is the ethics question that, that, that they have asked in uh, sociology classes forever. What happens if you know that the likelihood, if you know that the likelihood is greatest for you to die if you had these factors and you know our ability to care for everybody is limited, should people ha- who have those factors be excluded from receiving care when care is being rationed? 801 331 should artificial intelligence dictate who receives the vaccine and when? Because there's two ways to look at this study. You could say, look, if you have a high BMI, you're old and you're male and you have a neurological disease, you should move to the front of the line. But there's a counter argument that people can make that would say, well, if you have those factors... Maybe you should move to the back of the line because you're most susceptible. Let's give those with the best chance, the most hope. Or should this even come into play? And we have to look at it because even now with the vaccine distribution, what are they saying? Well, we're going to give it to high-risk groups first. So they start with those people on the front lines, right? Who's an educator? Who's a teacher? You now have people that... I read the story. I forget who it was. It was the New York Post. There was some yoga instructor who said because he instructs yoga, he's entitled to the vaccine along with the teachers because he's, quote, a teacher. What? Really? But what do you think? Do you think that AI should predict... Do you think AI should predict whether or not you get the treatment or care? Let's go to Rob who is calling in from Salt Lake. Uh go ahead, sir, you're on the air.
5: You know, Joe, I I'm still on the fence whether there's even a a virus. I mean, I'm with that last caller, Elaine. I'm kind of on the fence on whether there is a virus or not. I mean, I'd like to see this thing isolated. And I'd also like to see a breakdown of what's in this vaccine would be a great start. Don't you think everyone should be, you know, open to seeing what is in this vaccine?
1: Well, I, I, we just started with that article. I don't know if you heard it or not, Rob, about those 36 people who have developed the blood disorder uh, after receiving the vaccine shot. There seems to be an increasing uh, amount of evidence suggesting that, yeah, the, the vaccine triggers this blood disorder in some people. Is that, is that what you're suggesting? Is that what you're referring to? No,
5: no. Uh, that's interesting news, though. Um, I think that's, that's pretty serious. But I would like to know what is. I'd like to see a breakdown of this vaccine. <clears throat> what what is in all the different companies that are producing this vaccine? You know, do they vary from company to company? I mean, who's overseeing this show? I mean, I've never seen one thing listed of what is in this vaccine. Don't you think that's a valuable question?
1: Yeah, look, I think people have the right to know what, you know, the government wants to put into their body. And I think it's a personal decision, you know, and I think if people want it, let them get it. If they don't want it, that's their choice as well. And I don't know. I'm sorry to interrupt
5: you, but Have you seen anything listed of what the components of this vaccine is? I have not.
1: No, Mm-mm. I haven't. I haven't. So wait, yeah, are mean, you I, saying I, I, are, are you saying that we uh, we can cancel your dosage that the uh, U of U was holding for you? Is that what you're saying?
5: I got a letter the other day saying that they'll give me 750 bucks to take the vaccine. I think we need to know what is in this stuff and what each company, because I, I can guarantee you, each company is not creating the same.
1: Rob, I have a different approach. I think we all get on Reddit and we all say nobody get the vaccine until they're offering us $10,000 each. Hey, you're listening to The Joe Carey Show here on Fed by Ravens Media. We're up against a hard break, Rob. I got to go. We'll be back right after this break.
6: Senate leadership announced on Monday that they have reached a deal in the framework for former President Trump's impeachment trial, which will start on Tuesday.
5: All parties have agreed to a structure that will ensure a fair and honest Senate impeachment trial of the former president.
6: The timeline would allow the trial to wrap up as early as next week if both sides agree not to call witnesses. Now with the news that Congress is considering lowering the income eligibility threshold for the third round of stimulus payments from $75,000 to $50,000 for individuals and from $150,000 for married couples to $100,000, some are calling it an attack on the middle class. Major League Baseball and the MLB Union reach an agreement Monday night on health and safety protocols that will cover the 2021 spring training and the regular season. Spring training is scheduled to begin February 17th. USA Radio News.
0: I'm Wayne Alaroot, and I am Mr. Exercise. I've worked out one to two hours a day in my home gym every day for decades. That's how much I believe in exercise. But now it turns out I could have saved thousands of hours and used those extra hours for making money or enjoying my family simply by using the brand new X3. The X3 is a compact, premium home exercise product that uses variable resistance, which 16 different research studies show is more effective than free weights for building speed, strength, muscle, and avoiding injury, and it only takes 10 minutes a day. The X3 was invented by best-selling author Dr. John Jackwish, well-known for inventing a medical device that reverses osteoporosis. The X3 is portable and easily stored. X3 is used by dozens of professional athletes, including NFL and NBA players, to replace weightlifting. Get your X3 today. Go to X3Bar.com. Enter promo code WAR and save $75. That's X3Bar.com. X3Bar.com.
6: NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell announced recently that football stadiums could be used for COVID-19 vaccine inoculation centers. One such stadium is already doing so. USA Radio News Tim Berg explains.
2: On Monday, President Biden and Vice President Harris got a virtual tour of a coronavirus vaccination center at a stadium in Glendale, Arizona.
4: State Farm Stadium is the first 24-7 vaccination site in Arizona. We are averaging between 8,000 and 9,000 vaccines per day.
2: The virtual Tour being conducted by Dr. Kara Christ, Director of the Arizona Department of Health Services. State Farm Stadium is host of the Arizona Cardinals NFL team. From the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau, I'm Tim Berg.
6: Approximately 10% of the U.S. population has been vaccinated so far. Texas Republican Representative Ron Wright died Sunday, about two weeks after contracting COVID 19. The first sitting member of Congress to die of the virus, Wright had been undergoing treatment for cancer for years. USA Radio News.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Joe Carey Show here on the Fed by Ravens Media Network. I have to tell you, uh, a strange thing. After the Super Bowl, nobody knew how many people watched it. Did you Did you see that? Usually it's instantaneous. Hey, these are the results. This is how many people tuned in. And, you know, advertisers are happy and businesses are happy. Well, this year, the results weren't ready at the conclusion of the Super Bowl. They couldn't tell you. Nielsen Nielsen Ratings uh, couldn't tell or refused to share their metrics for how many people watched. That got a lot of people upset, right? People that spend big checks, advertisers, they want to know who won, who got the most views, which commercial, which advertiser, how many people tuned in. Actually, 8% less people watched the Super Bowl this year than last year. Now, 8% may not sound like a lot, but that represents hundreds of thousands of people, lots and lots of people. And I'm not going to say it's because the NFL was woke and social justice. I mean, it was a blowout game, so people are going to tune out earlier and earlier when it becomes apparent that their team is going to lose. But I thought it was interesting that, you know, we start out 2021 Presidential elections up in the air. Now we have the Super Bowl. Just amazing that in, at a time when everything is instantaneous, the things that we accepted as instantaneous before are no longer readily available. The other uh, article coming out of Die Welt, this is a, a German magazine, I think one of the largest in circulation in Germany. This is interesting. It says, one of Germany's largest newspapers, Die Welt, has obtained evidence that the Interior Ministry hired scientists from the Robert Koch Institute and several universities to justify the country's strict lockdown measures. The documents, more than 200 pages, which were recovered after a legal battle with the Koch Institute, reveal internal correspondence between the Ministry of the Interior and the researchers. In one exchange, the Interior Secretary asks the researchers to develop a model on which to base preventative and repressive measures. In just four days, scientists working in close coordination with the Ministry developed a working paper in secret, which described a worst-case scenario in which over one million people in German Germany could die of COVID-19. If social life were to continue as it was before the pandemic. And look, this isn't me weighing in on the Koch brothers and whether they're good or bad. That's not the point I'm trying to make is why does it take court fights to get information which should be in the public sphere? If you're relying on a study from the Koch brothers or anybody else. Wouldn't you want that to be vigorously challenged? Wouldn't you want there to be maximum transparency? Wouldn't you want everybody to rip it apart so you can say, look, before we close the schools and before we take away the opportunity of your kids to learn in the classroom setting, which for decades we have said is the best way to learn, and then someone flips, flips a switch and says, you know what, it's not a big deal. Let them learn from home. Before we close someone's business, before we drive up suicide rates, before we increase the people suffering under addiction, can't we at least look at the studies and say, is this a good idea? No. Do you have governments... Playing, you know, three card jacks on the streets in New York. You got to guess. Well, is it under this one? Is it under this one? What's that? In California, he won't even. The governor won't even release the information that he relied on to justify his stay-at-home order. So he's telling you, you have to stay at home. Your constitutional right to assembly, to religion, to speech, all locked down. Well, can you show us the study? Nope, I won't do it. And he sued and he still will not do it. He loses in court. Because Governor Newsom won't release the studies. And the lockdown continued. And the stay-at-home order continued until what? Until a group of citizens got together and said, you know what? This is enough. We're going to recall the governor. And they started a recall petition. Even then, the governor wouldn't back down until when? Until it became clear that the recall effort might succeed. They may get the 1.5 million signatures they need in California. And all of a sudden, the epiphany happened. All of a sudden, the governor announced what? Nope, stay at home order, it's lifted. The lockdowns were gonna roll those back. And when they ask what changed, what changed on the battlefield to lead to this new development? Silence. Nothing. That's why you have people like Rob calling up, the last caller. That's why you have Rob calling up and saying, what's in the vaccine? Because the government, they won't even release the, the basis for locking you inside your home and locking your kids outside the school. They won't release that information. And I say it all the time if you have nothing to hide, stop acting like you have something to hide. Just come out. This is the data. This is it. And what do you get? You get Governor Newsom saying, well, I can't release it because, well, it's complicated. Well, it might be complicated for you if you've built a, a mountain of lies and misinformation. Not complicated for the Internet. They figured how to take on hedge funds from a chat room. I think they can figure this out. And I believe that. It's not to say everything you hear or read or see on the Internet is true or gospel. It's not. But wow, you bring those people together and someone's taking page one, someone's taking page two, and they're like, this doesn't make any sense. Or you know what? They come back and they say, guys, I got to tell you, this makes perfect sense. So why the shell game? Why hide the information? All you do is create massive distrust. Why don't you think people aren't running up and lining up to get the vaccine? You know, they do these rollouts at work. You know, ten percent of the staff gets it this week, ten percent next week, and do you know what the staff who hasn't gotten it, gotten the shot what they're doing? They're watching the first waves go in. Well, how's she doing? How's he doing? Are they okay? Because government squandered the trust with the people. And it's not it's not a limitless reservoir. It it it's a fixed Amount and you take some out and you pour some in, and you take some out and you pour some in. But government has been so non transparent, so opaque, and it's not putting anything back into the reservoir. And now everybody's standing on the rim looking down and saying, Wow, where's all the trust? Why, do, why don't we trust each other anymore? That's what happens. And I tell you, I think Donald Trump, and I've said this before, he is the child of the Republican and Democrat Party. That's his birthright. Because the lies and the lack of trust and the, hey, I'm working hard for you in D.C. People... Got fed up. 75 million Americans got fed up and said, you know what, there's got to be a better way. And you know what, Donald Trump may not be the perfect answer, but he's better than anything else happening in Washington, D.C. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. And remember, this all started on a model from His Majesty's Empirical College, what is it, the IMHE, showing 2 million Americans dead by December. The model was wrong. But good luck getting a hold of the data. Because there's not enough people in Washington or in the media pushing for truth. They're pushing for an agenda. And they control that agenda by controlling information. And that's why they want to silence this voice and that voice and this senator and that person. It doesn't work. Eventually you lose the critical mass of people you need to govern. History teaches us that. You're listening to The Joe Carey Show here on the Fed by Ravens Media Network. We will be back after this break, an update from the Utah legislative session with Marcy Green Campbell up next.
2: involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance.
3: Stock market have you nervous with all the massive fluctuations? With the hope for a COVID vaccine on the rise, shifting political landscape, and the election at an end, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Text money to 411411 to find out how our technology can forecast market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Text money to 411411 to get what you need to Stay ahead of market trends and find explosive moves before they happen. Vantage Point's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. Stop guessing. Start predicting trends 72 hours in advance. Text money to 411411 and experience Vantage Point for free. Text money to 411411 so you can protect and grow your capital now. Don't wait. Text money to 411411.
2: Go to vantagepointsoftware.com for terms, conditions, and privacy policy. Enjoy.
6: Hi, this is Stan Ellsworth. You know, I know a little bit about history. I mean, me and that Harley and all. But social media, well, that's a mystery to me. So I turned to the good folks at Little Cloud. They helped me develop my social media. They call it an online footprint. I'm a pretty big guy. Little Cloud, they've created a pretty big online presence for me. Let them help you. Visit their website. Visit my friends at littlecloudmedia.com.
1: Welcome back to the uh, Joe Kerry Show here on the Fed by Ravens Media Network. Uh, K-Talk, K-Y-A-H, thank you for uh, tuning in and listening. Hey, this last segment we are going to bring back Marcy Green-Campbell, and she is going to give us an update on what our elected officials are doing uh, in Salt Lake City. Marcy, thank you for uh, taking the time to join us today. Thank you for having me. So you've been down at the uh, Capitol Building, and uh, what's the sense? What issues are pressing? What's happening there?
4: Right. So I'm not there every day, but I am watching online. Not a ton of people are there in the public. I've been up there uh, to testify for HB 136 when it was in committee. It passed through committee and it has now passed through the House yesterday. So we'll see what happens over on the Senate. And side. remind HB the audience. Yeah. Yeah. Was making some changes to the initiative and referendum process in the state of Utah. So um, it. It adds some things that make it more difficult, but it's removed some things in terms of the referendum process that would make it easier uh, down the road for people who desire to have that check and balance against the legislature in terms of a referendum.
1: Let's talk about the referendum side. What was changed? Uh, Do you think it's uh, a better process now? Well, let's talk about the changes first. What was changed?
4: So um, initially, the bill was adding some of the things that are difficult in terms of it actually making it more difficult in terms of asking to have um, the people who pay, like companies who have employees to go gather signatures, changing some of those requirements and making it more difficult. We were able to get that removed from the referendum process. It was still a portion of the initiative process, part of the bill. Um, eventually, there was an amendment that had to be made to it um, because that was just too difficult. So. It's been a long process with a lot of changes. Right now, the way that the bill looks is that um, something that's important to me was that it removed the requirement to have a paper copy of the bill for every single packet, which was a huge portion of the cost in a grassroots effort in a grassroots effort on the referendum process. So. They can have a piece of paper that says "go here" and you can read the whole bill, or we have it in front of them to read. But we didn't have to. We won't have to print it off every
1: time. So I think that's because, a really big. Marcy, the the plus. truth of the matter is nobody read the bill, right? I mean, I gathered signatures at Harmon's. I don't think anybody said, "Let me read the bill before I sign or not sign."
4: Right. I know that several people, when I was gathering signatures, um, people had read it online and had absolutely. Come to online. Yeah. Right. But right. Standing right there in front of the table, they weren't reading it right there. But we we still uh, according to this bill, you would still need to offer that they could read it right in front of you. But we didn't we won't have to print it off for every single packet. And so, as you know, that was the biggest expense in doing that grassroots yep. effort. So that's that, a, huge to me, it's a really big deal. Yeah. yeah. That's, I feel like that's a really big win on that behalf. Um, there is something that I think is beneficial in the bill. Uh If there is a paid signature gatherer, they'll be required to wear a badge that says so. So I think there's some important relevant pieces of transparency in the bill. Um, I think that's helpful. I think it's requiring the lieutenant governor's office to have more information provided to the public at the state level, I think that's helpful for transparency. So some of those things I think are really
1: helpful. Well, walk us through that. What does that exactly mean, more information available at the lieutenant governor's office?
4: So there's a certain, I think if they have 24 hours to post the bill or the referendum and the bill that the referendum is about. So the public has an easier access online, not mm. just maybe a referendum organization or grassroots efforts having their own website immediately it it requires lieutenant governor's office to address some of those transparency issues really quickly so i think that's helpful really helpful and um something i think is important in terms of transparency i can see it being really problematic honestly for clerks i don't know how it will be addressed down the road but there is an option to have your name removed once you've signed an an initiative or referendum so you know that there there is going to be more transparency in terms of allowing the public to, to know how to get their name removed if they have signed something. But if there's this huge influx, I can see that maybe being problematic. Hopefully on a referendum process, that wouldn't be the case. But I know there's been some confusion with initiatives in the past and the public wanting, maybe being confused when they were told something and they got confused when they signed it. So I do think it at least addresses the need for transparency for the public. That's my big thing is citizen involvement, transparency, so citizens know what's going on and they're aware of what's going on up on the Hill.
1: Well, let me ask you this, uh, Marcy, and you may not know the answer, but on the initiative portion, have they uh, done away with the paid signature gatherers, or is it just if you're paying, they have to wear a badge?
4: So the amendment... So originally, the bill was asking that rather than paid signature gatherers be paid per signature, that they be paid per hour. There's been quite a bit of pushback on that portion of the bill, so the amendment removes that portion of the bill. So you can still have paid signature gatherers, but they have to wear they would have to wear a badge now if this passes.
1: And if you're doing a referendum, the when when people were at Harmons or they were gathering signatures, would they have to wear a badge?
4: They do not have to if it's volunteer. So volunteer grassroots would not have to wear a badge.
1: On the initiative side or the referendum side?
4: On the referendum side, yes, on either side. So volunteers would not have to, only paid signature gatherers.
1: Oh, okay. And the reason for that would be what?
4: Well... When I was talking to Representative Tischer about it, it, it and as you know, when we worked with a referendum, the referendum especially has only a certain amount of time period to get it done. It wouldn't be logistically possible to get everybody a numbered badge to wear because there were thousands of volunteers across the state. We had to do it in 30 days. So that's just not really a possibility. If there's a groundswell grassroots initiative effort, it's also very difficult to know how many volunteers are going to jump on board and participate. So to have a numbered assigned to the legislative, I mean, through the lieutenant governor's office badge would also logistically be problematic in terms of volunteerism. So Mm. it's for paid entities. And also, I I think more importantly, it's for the public to be made aware that this person is paid to get signatures. So they may have information that could be persuasive, and it gives, I think, the public, you know, the opportunity to say, hey, I want to look into it more because this person is kind of, selling me on whether or not I should, because they're paid to do it. Does that make sense? There is a difference.
1: It does. And, and, And the direction I'm going with this is, you know, and I can understand the wisdom in that, but let me ask you this. When politicians trying to get on the ballot hire paid signature gatherers, do their paid signature gatherers have to wear that same name tag?
4: I think that's a very important question, and I brought the same thing up. It is not addressed in this bill. But it could set precedence down the road for something like that to be added.
1: Okay, I'm going to start holding my breath right now.
4: You do that. (laughs) And actually, you know, I really believe in citizen involvement. So we just keep pushing it, right? We keep pushing, hey, this is something that we want. If it's required on the initiative and referendum process, if there's paid signature gatherers and they have to wear a badge, it should be the same for signature gathering to be put on the ballot. Amen. I totally agree with you. Yes.
1: Amen. Amen. Well, Marcy, let me ask you this. What else are you seeing? We have about two minutes left. Any other bills that you want people that, that need extra attention or TLC from my audience on?
4: TLC. Well, something that I'm particularly interested in is um, House Bill 92. I'll be working um, with some other people interested in it. We're actually meeting with Representative Ship, who is the sponsor on it. It has not gotten out of a rules committee, and it is a medical changes amendment, and it's It discusses, um, I think a lot of the public isn't aware of how many surgeries are being done in the state of Utah right now for sex changes for minors. And this would not allow that. Um, And from my perspective, because my doctorate degree is in human development, so I have this specialization in kind of how children and adolescents think, and they're not completely in full... Capacity to make those decisions that are very permanent, and that would sterilize um, both sex changes. So that seems like a really um, permanent decision that's made at a time period where development hasn't achieved adulthood yet. Well,
1: Marcy, so, let, let me ask you that: Are these decisions mm-hmm. permanent when the young kids they make are, them?
4: They are, in terms. Yes, they are. Per, they're permanent in terms of sterilization, so they wouldn't be able to have children down the road.
1: Mm. So and, it's, and how young it's, it's, are children allowed to be currently to make those decisions?
4: So right now, there is no law on it. Wow. So a parent could come in with a 10-year-old and say, hey, we want to do a sex change. And in the state of Utah, it's allowed right now, and it is occurring. A lot of the public doesn't know it. It's a very controversial bill. I can understand why it would be incredibly problematic and, and painful for families who feel really strongly that a sex change needs to occur you know, at 14 or 16, and, and there's a part of me that feels um, intently like I, I don't want to cause suffering for any child, right?
1: Marcy, Marcy, I mean, we're up against the heartbreak break at the end of the show, but we will bring you back on Got next it. week. If you have time, we would love to hear about this, and we need to hear about it. You're listening to The Joe Carey Show here on the Fed by Ravens Media Network. Remember, get right with God, be kind. Brian Hyde, up next.